Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Hey, we're starting a new collection of talks. Uh, Yeah, we're starting a new collection of talks we are calling, simply we're just calling love. Love. And we're talking all about the love of God. And this is one of my favorite topics to talk about um, because God's love and, and the revelation of how God lo- loves us has impacted and changes my, changed my life so much. And I believe the more you and I grasp and get a revelation of how much God loves me, um, uh, how much he values me, it changes how we do life. It changes how we treat others. It changes um, how we go about, how we walk our, our life and our faith. Um, and, and I just believe that, uh, that as we dive in, that we'll just get a greater revelation. Because at the core of the gospel message, why we're all here, why we're gathering is the love of God. Right? God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. You know, God's agape love. Um, it set his perfect plan into motion for all of humanity. It is why we are here. You know, the love of God really is a transformative love. It's a relentless love like we, we sung about in Romans 8. That's really where it comes from is that it is a relentless love. You know, God's love is a powerful love. His love is an unconditional, like pure unconditional, like uh, no conditions uh, at all. There's, there's, his love is healing. His love is fuel for faith. So God's love is, is not empty, but is actually a catalyst for action. The love of God is the catalyst for action for God and for man. And so my prayer is as we dive into this series that you just get a deeper revelation of his love. And uh, as Holy Spirit just reveals that to you and that it would just transform um, the way we do life. So today, the title of the message is this, is Love Crossed His Hands. Love Crossed His Hands. You know, in Genesis 48, there's an account of Joseph after he's in Egypt. So this is the Joseph, like many coats of colors, Joseph, that Joseph. And so he is going to uh, the deathbed of his dad, Jacob. And Joseph is bringing his sons with him. And he's going to his father, Jacob, um, also known as Israel, to pronounce a blessing over them. Now, before I get into this scripture, Genesis 48, I want to give some background. Maybe some of you know when I say Joseph, you're like, oh, yeah, I know the story. And you go, Brr. some of us, it's like, okay, let's, let's go back in. And some of us like, who's Joseph? I know Joseph, my neighbor, but who's Joseph? So Joseph, he was a, a, the 11th son of Jacob. And the Bible says that he was Jacob's favorite. You know, he got a coat of many colors. He had a dream. And the dream was, okay, uh, my brothers are going to bow down down to me. Joseph shares this dream with his brothers. Hey guys, older than me, you're going to bow down for me. They didn't like that. They didn't like that he had a coat. So they go to the extreme. They actually 
um, they were like, okay, we're going to kill him. No, let's not do that. That would be not as beneficial to us. Let's sell him into slavery. So they sell him into slavery. He goes to Potiphar's house, an Egyptian, and he's a slave there. But God is with him and actually promotes Joseph within being a slave at Potiphar's house. So then also uh, Potiphar's wife notices Joseph too. And uh, she's like, she's trying to sleep with Joseph. Joseph runs away from that. She grabs his coat and then she accuses him of doing that very thing of trying to seduce her. So then he gets thrown into jail, into jail. He goes from like, okay, I got a coat. Now he's um, at Potiphar's house as a slave. Now he's in jail and now he's in jail. But God still then, the Bible says he was with, God was with Joseph and actually promoted Joseph so that he was actually running. He was running the prison. And now Joseph also, there was a baker and a cupbearer there. And the baker and the cupbearer both had dreams and it was very, it was disturbing them. And Joseph said, hey, I can interpret dreams. So he gives interpretation, bad news for the baker, you're going to die. Bad news. Um, good news for the cupbearer, um, you're going to be free. Uh, I think the baker was like, oh, I should have just went to someone else for the interpretation. But so, uh, so then the cupbearer, this is what happens. The cupbearer, uh, he gets free. Joseph says, remember me when you get out. What did the cupbearer do? He didn't remember him. So he stays in jail many more years. And then finally, um, the Pharaoh, the, the king of Israel has a dream. It is a disturbing dream about cows, a disturbing dream about cows. And he says, I need someone to interpret. No one can interpret it. And then the cupbearer says, I think I remember this guy named Jojo, Joseph. Yes, uh, he's in jail. Bring him up. So uh, Joseph comes up and he, the Pharaoh tells him the dream. He interprets the dream. He says, ah, yes, the first seven cows, they are going to be seven years of abundance. The next seven years are going to be seven years of famine. What you need to do is you need to save up in these seven years for this seven year of famine. And you need to find someone good to do this. And Pharaoh says, I think I'm looking at him. So then what happens? happens is Pharaoh appoints Joseph as the second most powerful man in Egypt, right? So he went from the jail to the, to the palace. And then what happens is it, there is seven years of abundance, then seven years of famine. So then everybody else does not have food. So people are coming to Egypt to get food. Some of the people coming to Egypt who are getting food are the very brothers who sold him into slavery, right? Jacob or Israel's sons are coming, 10 sons are coming, and they are coming for food. And they don't know it's Joseph. They say, they have a little moment. He reveals, I'm your brother. They're, oh my goodness. There's some repenting. There's some, you know, uh, crying, tears, all that. But then long story short, Joseph says, okay, bring everybody here. So all his brothers, their kids, Jacob, all of everybody that's related to Joseph moves in to Egypt. So Jacob, his dad is there. His brothers who wanted to kill him are there. Now they're on better terms because um, he's the second most powerful man in the world. Um, but this is what brings, so that is um, 11 chapters of Genesis in about two and a half minutes. But that brings us, to Genesis 48. And Genesis 48, where, the, where they are now coming to Jacob's deathbed. 
Joseph is bringing his, his, his sons, Jacob's grandsons, to get a spiritual, to get a blessing. Jacob's bringing his, his oldest son, Manasseh, and his, and his uh, youngest son, Ephraim. And Jacob is going to bless them. And this is a big deal, right? The father's blessing is more than just affirmation. It was an empowerment and declaration over them spiritually and also um, means-wise, materially. The blessing of the father would come with an inheritance of resources to carry out the blessing and their purpose and for that family name. So Joseph and his boys are here to receive this blessing. These boys, uh, Jacob's grandson, Manasseh and Ephraim, were both actually born wrong, though. They were born wrong to receive this blessing they were coming for. because And they shouldn't have received it. Because they were only half Hebrew, the other half Egyptian. Also, they were grandsons. The father's blessing was not for grand, grandchildren. It was for the sons. So the blessing was not for them. So in Genesis 48, verse 5, this is what Jacob says as they're coming. They're reunited. He's on his deathbed. Okay, you with me? You with me online? Just give me a thumbs up online. But here's what he says. Now I'm claiming as my own sons these boys of yours, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born here in the land of Egypt before I arrived. They will be my sons just as Reuben and Simeon are. So Jacob here, he adopts them. He says, I'm going to adopt your sons as my sons. And in doing so, he qualifies them to, be, to receive the blessing. Then he pronounces a blessing. But here's what I want to really highlight. In Genesis 48, verse 10, it says, Jacob was half blind because of his age and could hardly see. So Joseph brought the boys close to him and Jacob kissed and embraced them. Then Jacob said to Joseph, I never thought I would see your face again, but now God has let me see your children too. Joseph moved the boys who were uh, at their grandfather's knees and bowed, uh, bowed with his face to the ground. Then he positioned the boys in front of Jacob. With his right hand, he directed Ephraim to Jacob's left hand. And with his left hand, he put Manasseh at Jacob's right hand. So Joseph here is very specific about where he's placing these boys. The, the older boy in front of Jacob's right hand, the younger boy in front of Jacob's left hand. Because in ancient culture, the older son would receive a double blessing, a double portion for the sake of the family and carrying on the family name. And the greater blessing was to come from the right hand. The greater blessing from the right hand. And 166 times, actually, in the Bible, it refers to the right hand. And whenever it does, it refers to it's a symbol of favor, faith, authority, and blessing. So Joseph positions them. He positions the oldest son in front of Jacob's right hand. The younger son in front of his left hand. But then Jacob does something. In, in 14, he says, but Jacob crossed his arms as he reached out his hands on the boy's head. He put his right hand on Ephraim, though he was the younger boy, and his left hand on Manasseh, though he was the firstborn. 
So, and he blessed them. But Jacob, what did he do? He crossed his hands. He crossed his hands. The younger received the blessing of the, of the firstborn, and the, the firstborn took the place of the younger. And this is a big deal, because it, what should have happened is the firstborn should have got the bigger portion of the blessing. So in this intimate moment of Joseph and his sons and Jacob, Joseph is actually upset because this isn't how it's supposed to go. The older son is supposed to receive the blessing. This isn't how it's supposed to go. And he actually tries to take his hands and switch them. But Jacob says, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to bless. And he does this. And so Jacob, he adopts the boys and, he may, and they actually become one of the 12 tribes of Israel. But Jacob, what did he do? He crossed his arms so that the sons would both receive a blessing, but that the younger son received the firstborn's blessing. Now, that's a lot, a lot of what I just said. But this is not just a nice, nice story of a nice family reunited and like the old guy got crossed up on who was the older. But it's actually a picture of what was to come. Because the whole Bible points to Jesus and the need for the Savior. In the Old Testament, you could say it is Christ concealed. Everything is types and shadows foreshadowing Jesus. The New Testament is Christ revealed. We actually see Jesus and we see the finished works of Jesus. So this story is really our story of God crossing his hands in our lives. Just as Ephraim, the the youngest, was born wrong, you and I were born wrong to receive the blessing of God. Romans 3.23 tells us that, uh, that we were at all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. Because of sin and the lineage, we are born into sin. We were born wrong. But God loved you. And because of this love, he chose you for adoption before the foundation of time. Ephesians 1, 3 says, All praise to the God, uh, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us before the beginning of the world. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and gave him great pleasure. So God loves you and he chose you. God's agape, unconditional love, caused God to move in action. Because agape love always causes God to take action. And this action was God crossing his hands. In John 3, 16, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his own one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Colossians 1.15 describes Jesus as the firstborn of creation. So because of God's love for you, Jesus came with a purpose. That on the cross of Calvary, the Son of, the Son of God, he gave his life freely. And at that cross, God actually crossed his hands. 
that you and I would receive the blessing and favor of the firstborn Jesus and that all punishment for sin would be poured out onto the Son of God. So at the cross, God crossed his hands. What should have been for the son, firstborn, God then put for one who was not, was not born correctly. And for what the portion that should have been for the younger son, for you and I who, uh, who are born into sin, God put that onto Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin, so that we can be made right with God through Christ. In other words, God crossed his arms. He crossed his arms. Because of God's love for you, God crossed his arms. Love crossed his arms. So that everything that we deserve because we were born into sin, because we were born wrong, it was now placed on Jesus so that the blessing, the favor of the firstborn Jesus, the Son of God, it, it, he, that it would God in flesh would now be on you. For God's right hand of favor, blessing, and authority to be on you. That through Christ you are now adopted as sons and daughters of God. You know, God's love for love crossed his hands for humanity so that our eternity is forever changed. You know, God took care of the sin issue. Now anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, eternity is guaranteed. As you say, Jesus, I'm doing life with you. You make him Lord of your life. But it also changes how we do life on this side of eternity. You know, because of God and he crossed his hands, Jesus taking your place, you today now have the blessing, favor, and authority of God on and in your life. Ephesians 1 says that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You know, so what is the blessing of God? Because you've now received the blessing of God when God crossed his hands at the cross. What is that? In Genesis... When God made man, the first thing he, a man heard was a blessing from God. In Genesis 1.20, it says, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry, I like that, scurry along the ground. So God blessed Adam and Eve. And the blessing of God was actually an empowerment for their purpose and to do what was in front of them. God's blessing caused them to flourish. See, the blessing of God is God's empowerment and favor in working in your life and on your life. That you are supernaturally empowered to do what you're called to do. Uh, that that uh, Second Peter 1, 3 says that God has given you everything that you need for life and for godliness. So the blessing of God causes and empowers you to flourish in your workplace, to thrive in relationships, to have godly supernatural wisdom and insight, that everything you put your hands to will prosper, that the blessing of God will cause you to overcome. Why? Because God crossed his hands. Because God crossed his hands. See, you've been you have the blessing of God and favor of God. Another word for favor is, is grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor. 
You know, John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus walking, walking in, John the Baptist said this, and the Amphite goes like this, for out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, gift heaped upon gift. That was what was to come from Jesus. See, you have unmerited favor because of God's love. You have God's grace on your life, in your work, in your relationships, in your business, because, because of God crossing his hands, that doors will open for you because of God's favor, that doors will close for you because of God's favor. Um, why is this happening? Why is this one area succeeding? Why did I make it through such a tumultuous time? You can say, it's because God's blessing was on my life. It was because God's blessing that, you know, favor will open up opportunities in your life. Uh, favor establishes, God's favor will establish the works of your hands. Psalms 97 says that favor, his favor will establish the works of your hands. See, God is continually crossing his hands in your life so that what you would normally on your own merit should receive, he's put it on Jesus. So you are continually receiving what Jesus, what is the blessing, what should, what is Jesus. So God is continually crossing your hand. God is causing you to flourish on the merit of Jesus. That to walk in what God has on the merit of Jesus. That you overcome every everything because why? Not because of you, but because Jesus is the overcomer. You know, that breakthrough will come because nothing will stop Jesus. Provision will come, become because, you know, God has crossed his hands and Jesus lacks nothing. You know, peace will come because, not because what's going on around you. No, it's because God has crossed his hands and now the Prince of Peace is ruling in your life. Supernatural wisdom. Why? Because Jesus is wisdom. But see, God crossed his hands because of his love for you. You know, sometimes when we hear um, God, God has like blessed us or fa ha has favor on us, um, we can sometimes we think, okay, this is going to bring me out of a situation. Like God has blessed me, I have the favor. Like God's going to like hella rescue me out of here. But oftentimes, it's actually that that ble the blessing and favor of God doesn't hella rescue you out, but empowers you to overcome what you're in. Like, if you look at Joseph's story, God was, the scripture actually says that God was with him and blessed him, but it didn't say, and then God teleported him out of the prison. No, it says that he was with him. He gave him fair favor. Joseph worked with the favor, and then God promoted him in the midst of being a slave in Potiphar's house, in the midst of being in prison, all the way to the palace. Why? Because God was with him. The blessing and favor of God will cause you to thrive where you are. So can I say, whatever you are walking through right now, whatever your week might have looked like, what seemingly impossible situation, I want to encourage you that God has crossed his hands and he will do only what God can do. He will bring breakthrough and restoration. He will bring provision. He will bring peace. 
God will do things in your life that you're like, this is more than I ever I could think, that I can ask, than I can imagine. Why? Because he crossed his hands. He pronounced, and you're walking in something that you alone on your own, on your own works, on your own whatever, do not deserve. But God chose to adopt you and cross his hands and work you on your life. You know, I can think of couples in our church um, that, you know, doctors said, you guys can't have children. But know what? God crossed his hands. God crossed his hands so that it was that, know what, you, then they, they have little babies now, right? I, I think of, you know, uh, addictions that are broken. People are walking in freedom. Why? Because God crossed his hands. You know, marriage is restored because God crossed his hands. Stories of God just bringing provision. Why? God crossing his hands. See, God's love for you caused him to cross his hands, to bless you and favor. And the root of it was his love for you. That brought action, Jesus. You know, God's blessing and favor can't be earned. Because the genesis, the beginning of the bless, his blessing and his favor for you is rooted in his love. God so loved that he gave. Before the foundations of this earth, he loved you. So God loved you before the foundation of time. So you can't add anything to it. You can only receive what he has. Because he loved you first. And his love caused him to take action. By crossing his hands for the son of God, Jesus, 100% God, 100% man, taking your place. And then God then pronouncing his blessing, his favor on you. So that we can't, we can't earn it. You know, you can't earn the blessing because it's already been given. Ephesians uh, 1, 3 actually tells us that he has blessed us. Past tense. He has blessed us. You can't earn his blessing, but know what? You can work with God's blessing. You can work with God's favor. You know, we work with God's blessing and his favor for us as we walk with Jesus, as we follow him, as we, as we respond to what he's telling us in his word, but as we get a deeper revelation of his love. Check this scripture out. In Ephesians 3.16, it says, this is Paul, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, um, uh, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God who is able through the mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we, can, uh, than we might ask or think. You know, as we gain a greater revelation of God and how he loves us, I believe it then actually allows us to receive what God has for us. You know, as we get a greater revelation of his love, it actually fuels our faith. The scripture says that faith works by love. The fuel of faith is 
love. As we get a greater revelation of his love, we, we actually get a greater revelation of how we get to do life, how we get to treat others. You know, the greater our revelation of God's love and receiving his love, I believe then you'll actually be able to walk more into his blessing because that's how we receive is by faith. And we go to the one who loves us, Jesus. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says this. It says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You now we can work with God's blessing and favor on our life as we walk with and work with Jesus because he really is the blessing. He is everything that we need. And, and as we walk with him, we walk through opportunities with him. We walk through valleys with him. We walk through challenges and know what? He is with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. And as we walk with him, I believe that you'll experience more of his blessing and his favor. Can I encourage you today with this? Because of God's love for you, God has crossed his hands. That you and I should receive blessing and favor of Jesus. That today we are co-heirs with Christ. And God is continually crossing his hands. So now that God's blessing and favor is in your life. God is working on your life and in your life. So I don't know what sort of week this has been. What sort of month. Maybe there's something that's like, I don't know. I just don't know how it's going to work. Can I encourage you with this? God is continuously crossing his hands. There's, you're going to be an overcomer. Why? Because God's crossing his hands. Because he loves you and chose you. You know, breakthrough's going to come. Why? Because God crossing his hands. Restoration and family is going to come. Why? Because God is crossing his hands. You know, miracles are come. Why? Because he's crossing his hands. You know, God's favor and blessing is not based on you, but in his unconditional agape love that he chose you before time. Can I pray with you? Father, we just thank you, God, that you love us so much. And that you love us so much that you it caused you to move for action. It wasn't empty words, but that you sent your best, yourself, Jesus. And God, you crossed your hands so that we could receive the fullness of Jesus, the fullness that comes from Jesus. And everything else would be poured out on Jesus. I thank you, God, that you are continually crossing your hands. That the blessing of the older son, the firstborn, the son of God is being poured out onto us. So Father, we thank you for breakthrough in people's lives.
Father, for restoration. Father, for healing. Father, for your peace. Father, I thank you for provision, for supernatural insight. God, we recognize that you are crossing your hands today. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.